Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our podcast. Had so much fun this year bringing these to you. Hope you're enjoying them. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can do that on the contact page of our website. So tonight's show is another episode of our horror series, Tales from Underground, and this one is called The Tinseltown Beast. To help me introduce it is the wonderful composer of New Frequency, Rob the Iceman Eisenberg. Hello, Iceman! First of all, how did you get into my home? There's a restraining order. <laughs> exactly. I made it in. <laughs> yeah, it was great listening to Tinseltown Beast. It had been a long time it's since I fun, heard right? that, and yeah. I forgot how complicated it was. That's uh, a great one. So for, for the listeners at home who are about to hear it, Tales from Underground kind of tells the dark history of Los Angeles. In this particular episode, we go back in time to kind of the early days of Hollywood and follow a, a writer who sort of, you know, finds his muse in an underground creature, as you'll here. So we'll get into that, but one thing I wanted to talk about and the introduction with this with Rob is I think of all the people that have been mentioned in the introductions by other cast people, you have been you lauded and praised, I think, more than anybody uh, over over these last episodes this year. Uh, everybody loves the Iceman and what he brought to the table. Well, <laughs> You're everybody's hero. I've written a lot of checks over the past few months. <laughs> yes, made out to them. But no, that that's very nice, and I, I do appreciate it. I mean, we all worked really, really hard to make New Frequency what it was. Absolutely. And I just happened to do a lot of of stuff. You, you know, Iceman did all of our music. He became one of our key actors in it. You know, the show really took off when you joined. I mean, I, I truly say this. We found our stride when the cast became what it became and you joined. And I remember bringing you in on board. I think in this very room, you, me, and James Napoli sat down when I was looking for a composer. And he introduced me to you. And I think I begged you on my hands and knees <laughs> to come do this show. Uh, yeah, you know what? I remember. I think I used to play volleyball on Sundays <laughs> right. with everybody from yeah. Premier Radio. And I didn't want to give it up. Up. But yeah, it was actually upstairs in the living room. Right, yeah, I begged him to be a part of the show, everyone. Yeah, and uh, it just sounded too fun not to do because I'd really been wanting to get more into composing, mm -hmm. uh, and this really turned out to be the perfect way to do it. And I still remember going to the very, very first uh, kind of rehearsal at the I think it was still at the Jewel Box Theater right. on Coanga, yeah. that uh, sweat box. Yes, <clears throat> and and just watching you guys do this from the back of the room and thinking, wow, these these guys are are top notch. These guys <laughs> actually know what they're doing. Right, you know, this isn't some you know bunch of wannabe actors and writers. This is a fully formed, fully fledged yeah. theater troupe, and I'd be crazy not to get involved. Well, talk a little bit about how your growth with us as a composer, because I know one of the things when you came in, comedy was primarily your background. Comedy, comedy writing, a lot of comedy parodies, right. and comedy music. But during the the maturation with New Frequency, literally you had to do every... Comedy was probably the least thing you had to do with us. We did so many things from horror to westerns to noirs, and and I really saw your composing grow a lot. I wanted to hear how you felt it. It, it kind of grew through the through the years. Well, it, it, it grew with experience. Uh, I mean, at, at the beginning, I, I think I was a little timid, and, and the stuff I wrote was very, very simple, maybe a few notes here and there. Uh, <laughs> tones. Little tones, and, and of course, I have this, I still have this 20-some-odd-year-old keyboard that has all types of weird synth sounds, so eventually we started figuring out how to incorporate those, but as, as far as the composing goes, um, 
when I would get the scripts, I, I would, you know, Matt would just say, okay, this is the tone here. Right, we just talk moods. Moods, there were cues, we want music to come in here, we want it to go out here, slow down here, speed up here. And as I would read the scripts, as, as allergies start to close my throat up. <clears> throat> excuse, That's okay. Excuse me, it rained here in LA Tentotown today. Beast is getting him. Exactly. Uh, I, I really kind of cracked the code of this thing that I, I knew that if I could come up with, a say, a theme of, of a couple of notes or a chord change sequence, I could repeat that over and over again throughout the piece. And if, if New Frequency taught me anything, it, it was how to listen. It listened right. to what was going on on stage. Yeah. Um, and I would read the scripts, start tinkering, tinkering around, coming up, like I said, with little mm-hmm. themes and, and stuff like that, try to start incorporating them into the script. We would go over them in rehearsal, and as far as the listening aspect of it would be, once we started a show, yeah. I mean, I could have 150 things written down on on the page where the script was at, at my piano right. and, and I'm following along what I've written and then some of it would go out the window because maybe Gil Glasgow went slower on stage <laughs> right. than he yeah, did. Yeah, you really had to follow it, what was going on. Exactly, or maybe Jeff Hoheimer sped up <laughs> right. or, yeah. you know, and, and so there were times when when what I composed I didn't even play and I, I'd have to make something up on the spot because... <laughs> There'd, there'd be times when all of a sudden an actor who didn't build to a crescendo in rehearsal right. would build to a crescendo when we were doing the show. And so I had <laughs> yeah. to listen and follow and increase my volume and increase the intensity mm-hmm. and and the, the volume of my playing. And, and uh, it, it was really an incredibly uh, uh, educational experience in composing all different kinds of music. The comedy, the westerns, right. the dramas, sadness, over the top, uh, epic sort of movie music. Right. And and I don't know where it came from, but what it came from is is the scripts that <laughs> Matt Johnson and James Napoli and the other fantastic writers right. would give me month after month, and that's what since that's what inspired me to to write and compose. It it was an amazing journey. You know, in the piece we're about to hear, we hear the best example of that, the Tinseltown Beast, because we have everything in this piece from horror music to to you know you know old Hollywood yeah, old silent movie music yeah exactly and, and I actually did some research I think at the time when I looked up uh, silent movies and so there was all that that music you sometimes heard that on a tinkly old piano so I think I wrote a little knockoff of that and and at one point we also do a knockoff of smile though your heart is breaking by Chuck Chaplin you know him but we but we didn't play it exactly we turned the chords around a little bit mm-hmm. so we weren't ripping it off right but yes there was a tremendous amount of different moods <laughs> right. and musical styles in this piece yeah but that's why i picked this one because i thought the first time you're joining us on this podcast for an introduction i really wanted to showcase a piece that that you sort of shine and we see all the scope of your music on there so i say we let everybody give this one a listen thank you Iceman, for joining us Thank you, Matt Man, for having me. Yes, here we go, everybody. Enjoy this one. We're taking you out to our new frequency stage where you heard us perform this one live. It is called Tales from Underground, The Tinseltown Beast. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. 
frequency. A theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful curiosity. In one. New frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. We beckon you to follow us deep underground for another tale of the secret history of this city in which we all so innocently live. It's our new suspense series, Tales from Underground, and tonight's episode is The Tinseltown Beast. Just follow the sound of my voice. Come on, closer. Don't be afraid. Now, now, I said don't be afraid. You're almost there. Come on, come on. That's right. Welcome! Please have a seat. Good. I understand your trepidation. You've heard so much about me, so you already know one thing. That for my sins, I am here for eternity. In this brick, this cold, this damp tunnel so far beneath your carefully ordered city. What were my sins, you ask? That is not important. But when I was alive, I was a history teacher. Now I am condemned to talk of history for eternity. The hidden history of this city in which you live. Stories that go unreported, but that you have long suspected are true. Oh, it's so delightful to have a group of artists joining me this evening. Speaking of art, do you like the canvas I've created on my walls? I'm particularly fond of the swirling combination that the fingernail scratches, encrusted slime, and insect remains create. Very pollock. Oh, but here I am prattling on while you wait for your story, your secret history. Tonight, a tale that begins almost a hundred years ago. A time when unsoiled air, bountiful fruit trees, and noble law enforcement was not just a thing of the past. But things are about to change for this city. The boom is about to begin. And all from the horror of the Tinseltown Beast. And roll film! And action! It's 1911, and the movie industry is in its infancy. Film crews work side by side in crude studios to create silent entertainment for a growing audience. Why, just one stroll through these early factories, and you could watch directors creating masterpieces! Now! Make the monkey jump up and down faster. Beautiful! Hit the officer on the head with a club. Audiences love that. And then you step right in the horse poop. Genius! And go! Let's just say cinema was far from the defining art form of the 20th century it would become. But lucky for history, a few vastly talented artists were heading west, only to get immediately lost in the system. Oh, thankfully, how times have changed. Is that you, Charlie? 
Yes, it's me. His name is Charles Kaplan, a gifted vaudeville performer and visionary, currently an underappreciated dreamer. How was your day, darling? Well, let's see. Cameras rolled at nine, and by three I had played a rich drunk, a poor drunk, a stumbling <laughs> drunk, and a happy drunk. My best acting of the day. Four films, though. Four films exactly alike, barring the occasional costume change. I just want to make my films, films that really matter. Maybe I was wrong in bringing us here. Let's see. Beautiful sunshine, untamed hills, rolling waves. There are a lot worse places to be with the man you love. You can love a failure? I can love any man who looks at me the way you do. You're so beautiful. You're dazzling. The world needs to see your face on a movie screen. <laughs> yes, yes it does. <laughs> Thank you for being my salvation. And thank you for being my brilliant poet. Your time, our time, will come. Just believe. Ah, love. I vaguely remember what that was like. Romantic dates, deep conversations, passionate embraces, all surrounded by the incredible emotion of constant frustration. In any case, the fresh face and sexuality of women like Clarissa will soon change cinema forever. But in the meantime, in 1911, men continue to do what they do best. Conquer at all costs. Advance. This time, it was underground where the developers turned their attention. Ah, beautiful. The tunnel is coming along nicely. We'll make a modern city out of this place yet. Yes, a subway will do the trick. Indeed. How much further should we blast? Well, as far as we can go. Nothing can stop us now. Did you hear something? Uh, no. I didn't hear a thing. Yes, absolutely. Me either. I didn't hear a thing. Nothing. Nothing at, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing at all. But nothing. there was something in the bowels of the earth. And in time, the humble workers under a city so desperate for growth would meet it face to face. Hey, Jim, don't come over here. What now? Is this that sea tunnel you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Let me check the map. Oh, nope, nope. Our baby is further down the main passage and then on the left. What's this thing? Uh, hell if I know. There's all kinds of natural caverns and holes in this place. Kind of like your mouth. Ha ha. Why are you always busting my chops? Hey, it's a joke, you know, like in the funny papers. Oh, okay. Come on, let's go, let's go. Wait. Do you hear something? Nope. I did. Hey, your mind's going. No, quiet. I want to listen. What is that? Come closer. Sounds like a voice. A woman. I need to see. It, it is a woman coming from down there. All right, shine your light. She might be in trouble. Right, right. Let me turn it on. In all honesty, the disappearance of two humble laborers was less than newsworthy. Oh, if only they had been two infants or a puppy dog trapped in a well. However, work would continue underground, and in time, more deaths would occur. No, no, get away from me! Jesus, run! There's a right behind you! On the street, rumors began to spread. Chief, any comment on the reports of the strange creature living underground? Johnny, I want you and your friends to stay away from that area. It's not safe. For four long years, the trend would continue. Rumors, deaths. But finally, something happened to cause a shift. What you say? Well, the developers got involved. You workers are crazy. There's nothing down here. <laughs> That's it, that's it, no more. Close it down! Close it all down! Oh God, we're ruined, we're ruined! I'm ruined indeed. 
And so it was that during these same years, Kaplan continued to struggle as well. Movie after movie. Yes, yes, I know. I play the drunk. Pitch after pitch. No, wait, I have another idea. Please, listen. Drink after drink. Get away from me, Clarissa. I just want to be alone. All leading to this. I don't want to live any longer. And so it was that Charles Kaplan ventured deep underground in the abandoned tunnels. Not for thrills, not to behold a legend. For yes, he too had heard the whispering rumors about a monster. But rather, he went underground simply as a lost soul. A coward seeking an angel of death, an executioner. Clarissa. Clarissa, please forgive me. Come. Father in heaven, accept me. Come closer. Deliver me. I need to see you. <laughs> then something very strange happened. For the first time in many years, the beast stopped. What do you seek? Death. Only death. You do not fear me? I lost all emotions long ago. There is nothing inside me anymore. But the beast did see something else within Kaplan. Look, deep within my eyes. And when he did, Kaplan observed something that others had not seen. Beyond the gargantuan mass, the oozing sludge, the ripping claws, he saw... Beauty. He viewed the beast for what it truly was. Through the ages, it has been referred to by many different names. Griffin, Mab, Ogopogo, Manticore, the Knocker. The Greeks knew it well, Cotus, an ancient creature deadly to most, but in rare instances capable of inspiring creativity on chosen individuals, destroying all others that don't measure up. Well, in Kaplan, the beast could grasp greatness. Yes, greatness, creative genius, the only thing it seeks, desires. And so Charles Kaplan did not die that day. Instead, he experienced a rebirth as the beast granted him the gift of ideas. Yes. Inspiration. I understand. Originality. Exactly. Genius. That's it. That's it. And then finally, for all of us, it was time to go to the movies. Charles's first film was an instant success. Cinema audiences just couldn't get enough of the hardships and dreams of Kaplan's funny little vagabond. With the beast as new inspiration, the ideas just kept coming. A film on the voyage of immigrants to America. A love story set at a circus, introducing Clarissa as his new leading lady, instantly putting her face on magazines around the country. A tearjerker about an abandoned boy who was rescued by a downtrodden vagrant. A soaring adventure following dreamers on the search for gold in the Klondike. All triumphs. And in each film, there was always a part for his beauty, Clarissa. As far as his new love affair, Kaplan's honesty and sincerity showed audiences something they had never seen on the screen before, themselves. The years passed quickly, but the city and industry grew even faster. Kaplan had everything he wanted. He was a worldwide phenomenon. Others followed in his lead, turning cinema into an art form. He was a pioneer, and all because of her this conversation again, Clarissa. Why? Don't want to talk about your secret underground love. Do you have to drink so much, darling? This is my first drink of the day, and besides, when you're alone, you have to find friends someplace. My work demands my attention. I demand your attention! <laughs> Goodbye, Clarissa. Uh, are you going to her? Yes. 
Yes, I am. I, I have a new idea I need to go over. Nothing more. What new idea? Tell me, what does the great Charles Kaplan have planned for his fans next? Clarissa. Tell me, please. Well, it, it's a love story uh, about a blind flower girl. You'll love the role. I'm tired of playing second fiddle in all of your movies. I found work on my own. What? Start a movie today, as a matter of fact. With who? Miles Bennett. Miles Bennett? Mm -hmm. He's nothing but a, a hack, Clarissa. A talentless slug, not worthy of a camera or your talents. At least he pays attention to my talents. Yours and every other pretty face in town. How dare you? Please, Clarissa, do not do this. Do not destroy everything we have worked for. What we are you talking about? You and me, or you and her? A telling response. Goodbye, Charlie. Enjoy the underground. Uh, you can have all the fame, money, and glory in the world, but one thing remains the same. People do change. And for that reason, we can't blame Clarissa for what happened later on on the Miles Bennett movie set. It was a time when the whole world needed a drink, and she was oh so happy to comply and talk. I said quiet! And... Okay, lovely Clarissa, that's right. You're watering your garden on a beautiful sunny day. And then you think of him. No, it's wrong. You mustn't think those kind of thoughts about your neighbor. Why not? I'm a single Zzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
We don't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you want me to do? Well, if it's true, it must be ours. Follow Kaplan. Find the secret to his success. Bennett shadowed Kaplan for days, finally discovering the entrance to the underground hollow. Once Kaplan left, he just had to go in and see it for himself. Oh, jeez. Oh, Jesus, what a disgusting place. And these were new shoes. Charlie. Uh, no. My name is Miles Bennett. I'm a director, too. He sent me here to see you. Come closer. Uh, okay. Sure. Closer. Let me see you. Oh, God. Oh, my... It's... It, you're real. What, what are... Why are you here? To share and see talent. Well, okay, yeah, that's me. You just asked my agent. Do you want to know what I see? Sure. Nothing! He was eaten alive. My God! This could put it into us all! Uh, not quite. True. Indeed. I mean, think of it. This monster, or whatever it is, knows talent. Mm -hmm. Got rid of Bennett with no questions asked, something we've been trying to do for years. <laughs> <laughs> with this thing, we could speed up the creative process. We could use it for our bidding. We could use it to change the industry. That settles it. Let's get it. What? We're not going down there, are we? Heavens no, but we do need a large group of men to handle it. Send some writers. plan <laughs> <laughs> was put in order, a corporate takeover, if you will. And as usual, the little guy is always the last to find out. So I've been thinking about the scene. The blind girl thinks he's rich because she hears a wealthy man's... Where are you? Hello? Are you here? Please tell me you're here. You can't have left me. What will I do? Hello? Hello? No! 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 How could Kaplan have known that one dark evening... <laughs> the beast had been taken to serve a new master. Locked and hidden away on a studio lot. It was the beginning and end of creativity all at the same time. No, no, no. However, no. Kaplan was not entirely alone underground that evening. Clarissa. I'm sorry, Charlie. It was time. I, I had to put an end to it. I, I led them down What here. did you do with her? You give her back! You give her back around! Whoa. Clarissa, put, put, put that gun down. Forgive me, love. No, no, no! You made me a star, but they are going to make me a legend. <laughs> Later that year, the film industry was revolutionized by a thing called talking pictures. It was such an original idea. Audiences fell in love with the movies. They went over the rainbow, were gone with the wind, sang in the rain, experienced the best years of their lives, were rebels without a cause, had close encounters, traveled to galaxies far, far away, on and on, even to this very day as they wait for the return of a king. Cinema is the defining art form of our time. But do you ever stop and think where all those ideas come from? Where those amazing talents are discovered. Charles Kaplan knew. He was the first of many to taste the height of success and later the ultimate pain of failure. 
His death was explained away as a disappearance, a breakdown, a suicide. A trend that would continue to many other artists once they found out the secret, once the studio chose to move on to new talent. Why, even poor Clarice suffered the same fate at the end of her storied career. Maybe you remember her death. <laughs> Maybe not. In any case, now you know the truth. Oh, I so, so do appreciate you coming to visit me and letting me recount another secret history of this very city. Please come back. Tell your friends. I have many more stories for all of you. Good night. Oh, wait. Before you leave, there is something I should mention. The creature is, of course, still alive. Hidden within the walls of a certain studio lot. So, dear artists, I encourage you to search. Search for the inspiration. After all, art and fortune await. But please, Beware the Tinseltown Beast! <laughs> you didn't think I was talking about the creature, did you? New Frequency, signing off in three, two, one.